0: delivery of sermons. Um, uh, That might be something you would be interested in looking at. They do a great job down there at the Creve Hall Congregation uh, with that school. So uh, take a quick peek at that uh, after our services this morning. It is indeed the most wonderful time of the year. Had some good dressing last night, good turkey made by me. Perhaps you all had some good food as well. It's the food It's uh, family, being with one another, it's the music. I have listened to Christmas music every day since Thanksgiving. So it keeps you in the spirit of it, because it is a joyous season, and we need it because it's dark at 5 o'clock. So we need all the joy we can get. But the sun's coming back, happy about that. But of course, we like the movies, too. And I love uh, a good script from a movie, and there are certain phrases that just stand out in particular movies. And there's a, a phrase in a Christmas movie that I know you're going to recognize. I've loved it ever since I was a child. Not that one. Not that one. Hold up. God bless us. everyone. I've loved it ever since the first time that I heard it. And it's difficult to say it without an English accent. But so many... So many actors and, and movies have conveyed this sentiment through Charles Dickens' classic, and I love it. And I think it, it shows a lot about what we should be about now, but what we should be about year-round. At the time, it was the sentiment that Charles Dickens was trying to convey to the industries uh, uh, at the time, for they were not blessing other people with the prophets and things that they were making. So Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol, more or less as a pamphlet to try to move uh, the the sentiment of the day about how things should be in a society, in a a community. That's why we have our modern day uh, Christmas version as we celebrate it. But this morning we are going to look at how God blesses us. We go about our lives saying God bless you, knowing that he should bless us, that he do, that he does. But do we know how this works actually? Do we know how it works? Do we do we recognize it? Would we even recognize it if if we saw it in our lives? And would we would we give God the credit if we saw it and recognized it more often? I hope that we would. For God indeed blesses us so much the world over, but here in this country. We need to recognize it more and, and employ a thankfulness in our lives as we see that God does bless us. First off, God blesses us even though we don't deserve it. Let's look at Romans chapter 5, please. Romans chapter 5. Parents, our children act the way they do and they're not perfect. We weren't perfect when we were little, and we're not perfect now either. But we still, we still want to bless them. We still want to give them what they need. We still want to give them what they want, even though they don't deserve it. Let's look at Romans chapter 5, because they mess up. They're not appreciative, just like we all are in regards to God's blessings. We don't appreciate what He does for us, or what He has done for us through Christ in various other ways. But God continues to bless us. Romans chapter 5 and verse 6, you'll see the sentiment here of a heavenly Father who wants to bless His children, but of children who don't deserve it. Romans chapter 5, beginning with verse 6, For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Christ didn't say, oh, you've got to get better before I die for you. You know, we don't say to our children, oh, you've got to be perfect before you get your Christmas gift tomorrow. We don't say that because we want to bless them. We want to give them what they want. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man some would even dare to die. So, you know, what it's saying there is people, people are willing to die a little bit. They'll, they'll die maybe for a righteous man. Maybe they'll die for a good man, possibly. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. There's a good man who's over here and someone might say, well, you'll have to die to save his life. Some people might do that they wouldn't be jumping at the chance. If somebody else was an okay man, they wouldn't be jumping at the chance to die for him to save his life. But what does verse 8 say? God shows us how much he loves us, and while we did not deserve it, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Because that's what needed to happen. That's why it was a sacrifice, even though God knew Jesus was going to be raised again the third day, even though God knew he was going to defeat what was going on at the time, it was still a sacrifice because the people did not appreciate it didn't appreciate it. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. So, because of that sacrifice, we can be saved. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, because that's what his son's death did it brought us to God. No longer are we enemies, no longer are we separate from him, but his death has brought us to him. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. That's what Christ's death did for us. And so often we do not see the blessing that that is. Even though we didn't deserve it. Even though we were sinners. Even though every day we crucify Christ again on the cross with our actions. We don't see the blessing that it is and the sacrifice that God made. But hopefully this verse shows you how much of a blessing it is. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Because of this death, because of this blessing, we can be with God and we can have our sins forgiven. God blesses us, even though we don't deserve it. God also blesses us because He enjoys doing it. Tomorrow morning is going to be a great day for the children. It's going to be a great day for the parents. And we're going to enjoy seeing us bless our children. Parents, we're going to to enjoy that. Even those of us who have grown children, we're going to enjoy seeing that. One extreme example of this is the Cabbage Patch doll from back in 1983. This is why we have Black Friday now. This is why people, you know, stores will have a big sale, will promote things, because they want people, you know, excited about what they're going to get. And parents back in 1983 wanted this doll, so much so that riots broke out in stores back in the early 80s. ten, Ten injured, two arrested, as nation goes, Crazy over rag dolls. A lot of people going crazy over this. Well, one last week sold for $9. Hope it was worth it. (laughs) Huge lesson on materialism, but that's not what we're talking about. Lesson here is the great length that parents will go to to bless their children. Even to get something as simple as a doll because it was the hot item of the day. I don't know what this year's uh, hot item is, but This is just simply an illustration of how each year, parents, we go out of our way to to bless our children because we want to do it. God wants to bless us as well. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 32, please. And perhaps through this passage, we can also see how much God wants to bless us and how he enjoys doing it, Jeremiah 32, 36 through 42. So throughout the Old Testament, we see example after example of how the children of Israel would leave God. They would would marry into other groups and they would start worshiping uh, other gods. And this angered our Heavenly Father. And so He would punish them. They would be exiled. They would be taken over by another group. And then God would bring them back. And this, this back and forth is not something God enjoyed, I'm certain of. But what He did enjoy, though, was blessing His people. Jeremiah 32, verse 36, Now therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel, Concerning this city of which you say it is given into the hand of the king of Babylon by sword, by famine, and by pestilence. Behold, I will gather them out of all the lands to which I have driven them in my anger, in my wrath, and in great indignation. And I will bring them back to this place and make them dwell in safety. They shall be my people, and I will be their God And I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me always for their own good and for the good of their children after them. God is trying to get across to them. Don't you see what I'm trying to do for you? How much I want to bless you. But they continually leave him just like we continually leave him today on a regular basis. But God still wants to bless you. Even though perhaps you're not a child of his right now because you're not a Christian. God still wants to bless you even though your spiritual strength is not where you know it needs to be, God still wants to bless you even though you regularly neglect Him in front of your family, in front of your co-workers, in front of your peers, God still wants to bless you. Verse 40, I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to do them good, and I will put the fear of me in their hearts so that they will not turn away from me. God is wanting... His children to be close to Him so bad. I will rejoice over them to do them good and will faithfully plant them in this land with all my heart and with all my soul, God says. For thus says the Lord, just as I brought all this great disaster on this people, so I am going to bring on them all the good that I am promising them. Our God is a just God, so sometimes consequences ensue when His people deserve it. But God ultimately wants to bless His people. God promises He will bless our lives if we obey Him. John chapter 13, if you'd like to be turning there. God's promises and His blessings are not just automatic, like a gumball machine that doesn't, need, that doesn't take money. You don't just walk up to it, take it out any time you need it. Rather, His blessings are conditional. You're not waiting on God to bless you. He is waiting for you to fulfill the conditions necessary for your blessing. He wants to bless you, but perhaps you're not where you need to be spiritually. John 13, in verse 12. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at the table again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? He just washed their feet, kind of confusing to the disciples. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. For if I then, the Lord and the teacher, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. That's what servants were to do back in these days. Servants washed other people's feet. Not the master, not the teacher, not the Lord. He wasn't supposed to do that, but he said, Do you know what I've done? Well, listen, let me tell you what I've done. I'm your teacher, and you've got to do what I've done. For I gave you an example, verse 15, that you also should do as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. You are blessed if you do them. You are blessed if you obey Jesus Christ, if you obey our Heavenly Father. Another account from Genesis 22, Abraham, and in the offering of his son Isaac, God tells Abraham, in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because you have obeyed my voice. Proverbs 16. He who gives attention to the word will find good. Be obedient. And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. God promises he will bless our lives. He promises he will bless you. But there is a condition there. There must be obedience. Obedience in following God. It's not a drive-up window. It's not a gumball machine. It's not just something you order on Amazon whenever you want it. It requires obedience. That you follow him, that you come to him with a repentant heart, ready to do as he asks. Next, God blesses us as an example to others. So here the question may still be, why does God bless his people? Well, he's excited about it. He wants to do it. It's part of his plan. Let's look at Psalm chapter 67, please. Psalm chapter 67. Beginning with verse 1, as we go about living as an example, hopefully, hopefully what the world sees is the blessings that God has given you. Blessings that you obey Him. Perhaps material blessings that you've been blessed because you are obedient to God and you ask for things and He takes care of you for all that we have is from God. Psalm chapter 67, beginning with verse 1. God be gracious to us and bless us and cause His face to shine on us that your way may be known on the earth. That's why God blesses us. He wants other people to know about Him. Your salvation among all nations. You know, I have friends and we even do it here. We post when someone is baptized. We post it online because we want the nations to see That God is making a difference in people's lives. Verse 3, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations praise you, as he said in verse 2. Verse 4 again, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you will judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear Him. God wants His blessings to be shown. And how does that work? That works through you as a soldier of Christ, that you show others how you have been blessed, perhaps materially, but especially spiritually, and with your day-to-day life, because our Heavenly Father wanted the people in that day to say, look at what God did for them. Look at what happened at the Red Sea. Look at Jericho. Did you see the way God took care of them? Did you see what happened to Saul and how he became Paul? Did you see what happened to that person the other day at work? Do you know Mr. Sadler? Do you know this person? You at your work, I see how God blesses them. That's what it's talking about here when it says all the nations. We think all the nations are are out someplace else in our grand world. But you're part of that too. You're part of that world that people need to see how God blesses others. You're part of that world that God says, I want my blessings to be seen through you. That's why He blesses us. That's part of the evangelism that we can do. Going out and showing others why the Christian life is the best life to live. And not just something that you put on the shelf and take it down once, maybe twice a week. So let that example be through you of how God blesses us. Next, God blesses us to bless others. If you believe that God has blessed you in this life, and I hope that you have, I hope that you see it more, and we will consider it more in the future, you just can't store up these blessings and keep them all to yourself. God blesses you so that you can bless others. If you've ever gone on a mission trip where you go, They might say a a prayer of blessing for you because it's through our funding most a great deal often that our foreign mission work is successful because perhaps they can't support themselves. So those that we serve through mission efforts will pray for our blessings here in America so that we might continue to bless them. But we should not, in other cases... Keep all of our blessings to us. And we're reminded of this in Matthew chapter 25 where Jesus says, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. This verse speaks greatly about blessings. It says that you have food. It says that you have something to drink. It says that you have a house, that you have clothing, that you have medicine, that you have the ability to visit, and you have it in abundance. So much so that you're able to pass those blessings on to other people. So the question is, are you a blessing to other people? Because that's God's intent for Him to bless you so that you might bless other people. But you've got to see it as a tool. You've got to see it as as a means that you can use and and show others so that they will see Christ. That's how this works, but we don't recognize it because we're so busy and we've got blinders over our eyes and we're thankful, sure, for what we get, but there's not that, that push back through that we might bless other people. And this particular passage, of course, is an account of how the judgment day will occur. Very important then that we bless other people with all that we have been blessed with. Next, God's blessings can be multi-generational. Genesis 25 and verse 11. It came about after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. So we see from this passage and from this next passage, Psalm chapter 78, about how blessings can go on. Generation after generation, listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth, so there's teaching going on. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not conceal them from their children, but tell to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wondrous works that He has done What this means is that as we are taught, we must pass on these teachings. This very lesson this morning should be passed on to the next generation. And that's how blessings are multi-generational. You know, your your grandparents did this and Christ blessed them and they lived a godly life. They lived a Christ-like life, had a godly marriage. That's what me and your mom do and that's what you should do. That's what we should be passing on to our children just in respect to the blessings of a godly family. And this is a beautiful passage here that teaches that. Our fathers have told us we will not conceal them from their children, but tell to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and how He indeed blesses us. So blessings can be with you. But parents, we want those blessings to continue on. That's one of the reasons we work so hard for our children. Because we want to make it maybe a little easier. We want to give them a little more. We want to pass these things on to them. And the things, the best thing we can pass on to them is a faith in Jesus Christ. For that generational thing is is real. I've seen it. seen it happen. As the generations go on, they move closer to God or they move further away from Him. But blessings can be multi-generational. In the same way, sin can even... Be multi generational. Exodus chapter 34 says this The Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. Now, this passage is often misunderstood. Some teaching that what this means is that my children and grandchildren will suffer for my sin. Not the case. That's not what this means. What it's talking about, though, is as people sin generationally, they pass on those same behaviors. Not the guilt of the sin, necessarily, but they pass on what it is that they are doing, the very behaviors so we don't suffer uh, the consequences of our ancestor's sin directly. God's not saying, well, you did; you get this punishment because your great-great-grandpappy did this. That's, what the, that's not what it's saying. But what it's saying is the behavior continues. The behavior is passed on. Just like we want generations to come to understand the blessings of God, some people, many people teach sinful behaviors, unbelief. And the sins of unbelief, for instance, will continue on through families until someone decides that they will believe in God. And that's when the generational curse, so to speak, can stop. And blessings can then begin from that point on. God punished the Israelites for generations during this time and during the time of the judges, because it was a result of their behavior, as a result of the consequences. One, one generation was sinning, and they just passed on that same sinful behavior. They didn't teach them different. They didn't teach them about keeping to certain behaviors that the Jewish people were keeping at that time to be pleasing to God. So instead, they passed on this, these sinful behaviors to their children. Just like today. Are you passing on the idea, the the belief that our blessings get passed on to the next generation because of their own behavior? Because of how you've raised them and how you've taught them to live? Or are you passing on sinful behavior that will just resort in worse and worse behavior, taking them down a bad path? This is why your example as a parent is so important. So stop giving them an example of sinful behavior time after time, day after day, but rather be an example so that they might see the blessings that come from living for Jesus Christ. Do you feel blessed? Do you believe that you are blessed? I hope that after this sermon this morning you will begin to recognize more thoroughly the blessings that are in your life and you'll count them. And whenever you, whenever you sit down at a meal or whenever you lay down your head at night before you do so, that you will thank God for those blessings, because indeed He does bless us. But we must recognize Him, and we must praise Him for those blessings, because they are so very many. If you're not a Christian this morning, take advantage of becoming one today. Take advantage of that blessing that I read a few minutes ago, about how Christ died for you but also how you need, how you must be obedient to Him. You can be obedient this morning by coming forward and we can baptize you or you can talk to me out in the foyer after services if you want to be baptized and become a Christian. Take advantage of that blessing this morning. Or if you are a Christian, take advantage of the blessing as well that says, hey, if you come forward and and need sins uh, repented of that, that, that many people know about, let us pray for you so that you can have those sins forgiven this morning, you can get back on track recognizing the blessings that God gives you every day. If you have either of these needs, please come forward now as we stand and sing.